Hello, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. If you enjoyed today's episode, visit me on my website where you will find other podcasts, um, hundreds of um, articles about recovery from narcissistic abuse, uh, video vlog, and many other things there. It's narctroopers.com. Narc Troopers. Today, we're not going to be talking about the juicy, uh, raw, and unfiltered kinds of um, personal experiences that I have had or that you may be having, but this is something important. It's substantial because um, we're going to step away from our personal experience and we're going to apply what we know about narcissism to a broader uh, a, a broader landscape. And I think that that deep dive into that is going to give you um, the chops, you know, the, um, the substance of, of having a depth of understanding that's really going to be like fuel in your tank and it's going to empower you to be able to battle this uh, thing that's happening to you, to others, all around us. So we're going to talk about the post-pandemic contagion, like it's, um, it is uh, like a pandemic uh, of narcissism and psychopathy and ASPD, formerly known as sociopathy. Um, so I'm going to begin by saying that the pandemic accelerated the rise of the ruling class and the spread of global narcissism. So how does income inequality conflate the dysfunctional qualities of the global landscape? The have-nots invariably want their share of the proverbial pie as the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. You've seen this income disparity. It's happening. It's been happening. Um, there is a new state that is sort of a dystopian vision for a rising conflict and redefined paradigm, belief system, that is, um, or a system of doing things, a belief system. Where do narcissists and psychopaths fit into this new world that is being forged post-pandemic? And if you're still in denial and thinking that we're going to return to the kind of normal we had before the pandemic, I think that's wishful thinking. I think that that reality is gone and there's a new one that is being created daily that is taking shape and we're going to have to just go with it, just roll with the punches. So let's talk about this um, phenomena is what is happening in the world around us, capitalism invariably promotes destructive envy in the poor and depravity in the rich. Think about that. This foundational idea that through social class envy, we are inspired to manifest the American dream is a very flawed notion. 
it is increasingly apparent that it is unattainable for the majority of the country. People with personality disorders like narcissism and psychopathy experience jealousy and envy that leads to outrage and frustration. And that, that envy is something that is a common denominator uh, that is a that is a quality that they all possess, they channel this envy into a ruthless and unconscionable uh, series of actions and deeds in order to get what they want to achieve their goals. And those goals are always going to be the same things. Supply or fuel, residual benefits, and personality slash character traits. Those three things are the motivating factors behind every narcissist. Mm, I'm not going to say that necessarily is true for psychopaths, but it's close. And again, they seek fuel and supply, which is attention, adoration, affection. They want people to think that they are special and above you know, the regular people, that they're better, they're superior, they're, they want everyone to look up to them and say, oh, you're so amazing, so talented, you've got the best this, you've got the biggest this, you've got the fastest, the coolest, the whatever. So they want that, that's, that's the fuel or the supply. The residual benefits, they go after this because this is the meal ticket the exploitative, opportunistic, free stuff that a lot of narcissists go after. They want the sex. They want the connections. They want the networking. They want the, 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 the hookups. They want the drugs. They want the um, financial uh, money and, and that, that kind of stuff that you have to offer. Those are residual benefits. And then the last is the personality or character traits. Since they don't really have any of their own, they're going to assimilate yours. They're going to appropriate yours and uh, just sort of soak them up like a sponge and mirror you, parrot you, copy you, reflect you, all that. That's, that's, that's what they do. So um, envy is a catalyst for action and high-functioning individuals with personality disorders. And listen, guys, that's what we're talking about in this episode. We're talking about how these high-functioning individuals who have uh, NPD or psychopathy, they can easily rise through the ranks and achieve the success that a regular neurotypical person just could never achieve. Because this person, this narcopath, hybrid, disordered person, possesses all of the qualities that our culture holds in high esteem. Yeah. Um, and these characteristics of, well, here, here's a few of them. Fierce ambition, unbridled ambition, um, irresistible charisma and charm, credible lies. They're the best liars because you know what? They believe their own lies most of the time. They're so delusional. They create, they, they fabricate, create, 
and just embellish everything to the point they believe it. They believe their own lies. And so that's a characteristic. Um, they have a lack of remorse. Um, and, you know, something like that, that combination of those qualities creates superstars with the power to exploit, deceive, manipulate, and most importantly, to win to win. It's all about the winning. It's like a game to them. And they're just greedy, greedy uh, little piggies that want to get everything for themselves and don't really care about whether anybody else has enough or has anything because they want to win it all. So who are, who are the people with the most power? Unlimited charm, powers of mass seduction, and inner drive to get what they want. Well, I'll tell you who they are. They are the disordered, maladapted, mentally impaired people who have no internal authenticity, no ability to self-regulate, or an ability to act with conscience as their guide. They have no moral compass. So whether celebrity or head of state politician they are held in high esteem many times because of their ability to control and to serve in, in a cult-like leader capacity to their followers. And those are traits that we admire. We say, oh, wow, you know, they have so much power and control. They're taking care of us. They're protecting us. And, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. They're feeding off of you. They are exploiting you. They are raping you over in every way conceivable. They're not protecting you or taking care of you. They have no interest in doing that. So in a world where money is God and shopping centers, Wall Street and banks are the temples where we worship, we glorify material wealth in, in place of things like integrity, morality, virtue, service, and community. So who, who will lead these impoverished, envious, disenfranchised masses? Who better, who can better lead them than a narcissistic psychopath who will brainwash them to think and feel and act as they are told? I think people like that. They don't want to have to think for themselves. They want someone to lead them who, who's just going to make it easy and tell them, tell them sweet little lies. So it's become, our world has become a world without any substantive uh, foundations. And the tallest, brightest, most spectacular structures are precipitously perched on these vacuous, unstable grounds. We're talking about these dysregulated people who, who have the power and the control. They're just, they look all fancy. Like, uh, like, you know, when I think of fancy, I've been to a lot of fancy places like Notre Dame. Oh my gosh, that broke my heart when it burned. And I think about that crystal cathedral that's in Southern California. What a behemoth of an architectural feat that was to build that. So I'm thinking of, of a structure like that is what most compares 
uh, to what these narcissists and psychopaths, how they present themselves to the world. But, but even though they've got this enormous breathtaking structure, it's just precipitously perched on unstable ground. Like it's teetering and trembling and cracking at the very foundation of civil, civil society. It's not real. It's, it's just like a Universal Studios building facade. It looks like a complete, finished, amazing architectural design, but it isn't. It isn't even a real building. It's just uh, a fake front. Okay, so let's continue. Pandemics speed up and escalate what has already started happening at a much faster pace. This escalation of events will invariably catalyze wars, social unrest, civil discord, and bloodshed. The pace for natural change to occur at a careful pace is no longer possible because of this global epic pandemic. There is no time or experience nor trial or error kind of thing going on that will temper these ambitions and visions for the future. So those leading the way will likely be, if there's not time to do your due diligence, right? Then the ones who take charge will probably be infantile, immature, self-serving, egotistical, narcissistic psychopaths with agendas that ignore the welfare of the masses they serve. Capitalism itself is devolving from equal opportunity to one of opportunism. I'm going to say that again. Capitalism is devolving from equal opportunity to something that's more opportunistic. And what are the con artists' tools of the trade? They're opportunists. They, this exploitation, corruption, tyranny, control, greed, ego, depravity, and conspicuously reckless consumption, that's what they're all about. And there is already divisiveness in this polarization of basic ideologies that divide us in this country and really all around the world. You know, it's not just us. The whole world is experienced these, experiencing these upheavals and conflicts. And it makes us more e easily conquered, vulnerable, and subjugated. It weakens us. You know, I, it reminds me of some wisdom uh, from the book Art of War, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. He said, the pinnacle of excellence is the subjugation of one's enemies without the use of force. The pinnacle, the highest point of excellence, is the subjugation of one's enemies without the use of force. Not a bullet fired, not a bomb dropped, but you overpower them and dominate them. Get them under your control without the use of force. Wow, aren't we seeing that with cyber attacks? Aren't we seeing that with maybe bioterrorism? 
aren't we seeing that with other things that are happening in the world now? The new wars are probably not going to be fought with the traditional weapons from the past. The new wars are going to be fought in a completely different way with completely different weapons. So you need to start thinking about that. Open yourself up to that idea. It's not going to be what's familiar. It's not going to be what you've come to expect. The war for people's uh, freedom, for their morality, for their very souls, is not going to be a conventional war, a traditional war as we know it. Neither side is capable of coming into the middle, right? And day by day, they move further apart. I don't see people coming together in, in this country or anywhere else where there's conflict. Look at the Middle East, you know, the palace, you know, Palestine and Israel. You think they're coming together? Have they ever? You think they ever will? Come on. It's not happening. Uh, it's the, you know, it's, it's more and more problematic. And the consequence will most likely be that the wealthy and powerful corporation, corporations and monopolies and oligarchs uh, and all of that, they will continue to grow and they will consume the planet so that only a few will own everything. That's already happening. That's not a prediction. It's already in place. It's already happening. We have an oligarchy in America. And around the world, there are countries run by oligarchies. You know, the people in power are the people with the money. And it's very, very few people. It is not equal, evenly uh, distributed in any way. Um, so look at all case in point, case in point. Look at all the billionaires who are feverish, feverishly buying up farmland what's going to be left for the rest of us and what is that about you know we're going to be slaves sharecroppers and expendable commodities who own nothing go nowhere and have no power to change our future no ability to shape our own destinies no freedom to to uh, manifest a decent life there will be an undermining of meritocracy you know where you work hard and get what you deserve. There's going to be an undermining of that, which requires that requires a level playing field where things are equal, equal opportunities, fair treatment. We're all playing by the same rules from the same rule book. When, where do you see that happening? Justice is only available when everybody is allowed to have equal access and equal treatment. And quite frankly, equity is not really something that Americans are very good at. We're not creating equity. We're com creating competition. We're creating fear. We create um, this, this egotistical greed that says, go out and just grab everything you can. Just grab it, grab it. Be greedy and grab it. Grab it and go. That's, that's what we are. And... Um, so if resources are scarce and security is unattainable, you know, we're going to become victims and targets of those who have all the power and control. Just think about the rising number of cyber attacks again. 
that have been launched on this country recently, there's no reason to think that that's going to end. Why would it? They can cripple us. There could be cyber attacks so severe that our infrastructure and other critical parts uh, of our country functioning could be totally annihilated. They could disrupt everything from the food supply to our financial systems, healthcare, all of it. These next wars are, are that's what they're going to look like. I'm telling you, each time there is an assault, whether it be a mass shooting, right? Mass shooting or a foreign entity hacking our systems, whatever it is, we become more vulnerable and we lose more of our power. And going out and buying a gun is not going to restore your power. <laughs> That's, how are you going to fight somebody with a computer who's going to hack the banks and make your life savings disappear and go to zero in two seconds? How are you going to fight that with your, with your gun in your bedside table? Hmm? You think that's going to work? You think that kind of brute force is the answer? You know what another huge enemy is? Apathy. Apathy and a feeling of disenfranchisement. Like being separated and cut off and isolated. These things are picking up speed at an alarming pace. Take a look at the growing ranks of homeless people. In Austin, Texas, where I live, city leaders are buying up hotels to house the homeless. Um, and they're, they are, you know, the homeless are just blowing up, exploding, swelling in numbers that cannot be managed with the advent of a, of a new free hotel home kind of strategy. How's that going to work? There's so many more homeless people than there are hotel rooms. The systemic problem is not being addressed, you know. Um, we're only putting band-aids on this hemorrhaging body of our community. Just band-aids, and it's not going to work. What about the priorities in this country? The priorities. The push to open everything and prioritize profit over people. There are many insidious and disturbing ways that the pandemic has been mishandled. Health and human life have not been the top priority in recent decisions to throw caution to the wind, throw our mask to the wind, uh, just go out and uh, get jiggy with it in the crowds and stuff. New variants, these mutated versions of the virus are springing up everywhere around the globe because it's a perfect storm of a lack of vaccine, which is worldwide. I'm happy to hear that we're shipping millions of vaccines to the world, but there's billions of people in this world. A few million vaccines is not going to remedy the problem. Behavior, containment, testing, other things, I don't know, treatments for the actual illness when you get it, more treatments to keep you from dying. Something has to give here. Something has to change because this lack of vaccine, vaccines that don't, they're not even going to work against these variants and these, these new strains, right? You get a vaccine, okay, you're still going to get sick and die because there's all these new things. Um, it just makes this containment an impossibility. The more people that become infected, um, the more variants mutate and spread around the planet. We can't 
say the pandemic's over when it's raging out of control in other countries. Hello, we are a, a transitory mobile world that travels, you know, airplanes, right? Trains, buses, we get around. And if it's somewhere is a hot spot, it's not going to be over here either. We're all connected. Even if you don't like that, it's the way things are. And so you got to know that. Um, so as long as the world has this going on, there's just going to be more surges and loss of life. And more likely, you know what I think? I think everything's going to stay open now, no matter what. I think the dead will be piling up in the hospitals, body bagged in the streets, and we'll just step over them just to get to the mall because that's our priority. Keep that economy going and, and just do that. Now, like, okay, so why are we in this sinking vessel that we are in and who will save us? Okay, I'm going to tell you who. You know who. You know who's going to save us. Enter the narcissistic psychopaths. Yes, every mega corporation has its share of successful um, uh, psychopaths and they're acting as CEOs and captains of industry. Look to the people who have led our country over the past half century. Criminals, adulterers, swindlers, cheaters, warmongers, imperialist land grabbers, amoral egoists, and opportunists. Yeah, all the qualities of the personality disordered narcissistic psychopath. It is their time. This is their time. I read an article lately that said that the narcissistic psychopath, that's the, that's our civilization's uh, new evolution that we are going to, you know, you're, you're a, a better, stronger, more effective human. If you get rid of all of your emotions, all of your morals, all of your guilt and remorse for when you feel bad about hurting other people, just forget about all that. Be a machine, be a robot, be efficient, be ruthless. That's going to get you to the top. That's what, that's what's going to help you make it and have all the money. Although we must remember that the uber wealthy are going to have everything. And unless you're one of them, no matter how ruthless and, and narcissistic or psychopathic you may be, you're still never going to be in that top, you know, one or 2%. That's just not going to happen. And so, um, so they act with, we're talking about the narcissist and the psychopaths. They act without impunity, above the law, untouchable, without accountability or consequence. Karma-free, baby, karma-free. Impervious. They are the new anti-hero. Dark angels with qualities that enable them to wield power and control with ease. They sleep like a baby after committing the most heinous crimes and ravaging people for profit. They get up the next day. They do it again with a smile and a smirk like, like nothing, like that's no problem. Um, you know, for many years, many years, I built 
a quite comfortable life with a very soft-spoken husband who appeared to share the same vision as myself. In the end, when the mask came off and he showed me, when that big reveal moment came and the curtain came up and it was the ta-da moment and he showed me what was under there, this complex network of perversion, sadism, psychopathy, and sickness instilled by the horrors of, you know, of his childhood and feelings that he had of terror and shame and wrath and resentment and envy. He was empty, vacant, lacking human emotion or accountability for anything he did. Now imagine someone like my husband who has those qualities. Imagine that man, high-functioning, smart, educated, charismatic, a problem-solver, seductive, articulate. Um, That man, that man is making policy. That man is buying up what most of us can never afford to own. That man is shaping a new future, a new paradigm, a new ideology that is the manifestation of something that is insidious and dark. I think the future looks grim with economic systems being so wounded during the pandemic that there's not going to be able to be a full recovery. And this instability um, and it will, you know, it's it's just going to grow. It will impact every single aspect of our lives. The way that we buy and sell and change and, and well, it's going to change. It, it has to change because it's already changing. So here's my forecast. Here's my forecast of how it will change. Um, the way that we do business and commerce, I think we're going to go to a more barter barter economy will most likely replace our current systems. That's what I think. The economy will have no choice but to adapt. And it is not very resilient when it comes to adaptability, if you think about it, you know. It seems very um, stiff in the way that it can bend to new challenges. The way that we educate our children is also going to have to change. How do we make them become productive citizens who have freedom and security and fulfilling lives? You know, the way we educate them, I'm a teacher. I've been a teacher my whole life for decades. I have stood year after year. I have stood in front of that classroom and delivered instruction my whole life. And I can tell you, I don't see it continuing to be what it has been, it's going to have to change. Um, There's no other way. Uh, You know, I think that, that, um, you know, there's going to be a collapse of public schools and higher education, at least in the way that we now experience them. I think the ACT and SAT will go away. I think that uh, college admissions will look different. I think the way that we teach with going to the building compared to distance learning and virtual classes and online remote learning and hybrid versions and 
all of that. I think, you know, those universities and schools pay a huge monthly bill for utilities and for the building and for maintenance and for buses and for food to feed people. And just all of that is a huge, huge um, number as far as money goes. And I think that that's all going to have to change. You know, we already know that a high ticket college degree with, you know, one of the ones that cost, you know, thousands and thousands of, of dollars that, that carry these crushing student loans, they're no longer the best option for, for many students. You know, I, back in the day when I first started teaching, that was my mantra. You have to go to college. You're never going to have a, a, a high quality of life if you don't go to college. And look at these statistics that show people with college earn more. For every year you go to college, your lifetime earnings just climb higher and higher. You know, for the last few years, I have looked at that and I have questioned if that's true. And I have seen so many students graduate and go to college and have huge student debt and a lot of them don't finish and they end up working for minimum wage somewhere and then they have this huge student debt to pay it ruins their life i've seen others graduate from college and they can't get a job that makes it you know they're underemployed there's you know, there's jobs you can do in technology, in like building trades, elect electricians and, you know, things like that, that pay more than what the college graduates are making. I don't know if I can with good conscience, conscience tell a whole classroom of students that they all need to take a loan out and enroll for the maximum number of courses that they can it just doesn't really make sense so i think all this is going to have to be revamped with the new world in mind and unfortunately you know here's a secret that may not be a secret educational leaders and school systems are so busy trying to get students back on the bus back in their desk back to normal that they are not forging a vision of the future that will require big change and sustain a new post-pandemic world that no one is ready to try to conceive and they're certainly not able to navigate it they don't have the, they don't have what it takes to do that uncertainty surrounding the pandemic is a given we don't know how it's going to evolve it could be months it could be years this is a game changer, guys, and we're not going back to the way it was before. Let's all just accept that. And the people that are coming in to help, the people who are, a lot of them, who are in charge, they have those same qualities. So I'm just going to go ahead and name it. They're probably narcissistic psychopaths or some hybrid mixture of those things. This is not some paranoid conspiracy theory research this read about it they have the qualities that take them to the top they have the qualities that will bring them 
ultimate success. They're the ones who are going to have the power and the control over us. Yes, we're going to be working for them. That's the future. That's what's happening. So even more disturbing than this, there's a new substrata of people who are emerging in the world today. They break all the rules. They're setting new precedents in every area, especially in areas of moral behavior and ethics, moral and ethics, which is anathema to some people. Yep, it is. It's like, it's like they're, you know, they're kryptonite, like, no, no. Don't want to think about morals and ethics. What does that even mean? What does that mean? <laughs> I've heard them say that. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, they, they um, are break, they're making new rules with polyamory, ethical non-monogamy. If you don't know what those things are, come on, step up, look it up. It's here. It has arrived. It's not going away. They have a, this capacity where... Um, for their capacity for real emotional depth is zero. It is missing. It is absent. This new substrata, this new demographic, predominantly people that are younger in their 20s and 30s, let's say, they are changing the game for all of us. You know, it's comprised of a psychopathic landscape devoid of emotion, empathy, connection, commitment, meaning, longevity, fidelity, service, compassion. I can keep going. These are the values and ethics that I think are critical to be human, to be happy, to not harm other people. And so many people today do not feel that those things are important. We live in an alcohol-infused, drug-infused numbness, prescription medicine. Did you ever read that book, Prozac Nation? That came out 15 years ago or something, and it predicted what's happening today. Everybody's all drugged up, numbed up, drunk from, you know, from their, their happy hour experience, whatever. Uh, it's kind of a numbness and indifference that obliterates the soul. Yeah, we are anesthetizing ourselves and it's creating a numbness and apathy that is just destroying and annihilating our very soul. You know, these people that are living like that, they have an emptiness that consumes their ability to lead lives of integrity, honor, or any of that. You know, they have this fake life that's so superficial and a false persona, a fantasy that they're living. It's, it's like they, a fantasy that they're just constantly posting selfies on social media and they only go through the motions of being authentic humans. But they're not. They're just living on the surface. They're just in the shallows. There's no depth to them. There's no ethics. There's no morality. Morality, it's important. The recipe for this de-evolution is a big fat piece of immediate gratification and indulgence served up on a plate with an ounce of selfish absorption and entitlement. 
and a cup of disposable mentality where nothing lasts forever or has permanence. Everything's temporary and for like right now. And a sprinkle of delusions, denial, and blame shifting sprinkled and seasoned on there. And it's all topped with a nice juicy chunk of a lack of remorse or accountability. That's what we're serving up. That's, that is what we're all being served. These qualities, guess what? They're the same as those possessed by the narcissist and the psychopath. Think about that. Yes, guys, they're the same qualities. So who's going to lead us? Who's going to save us? Legions of these, these, these hollow men and women who are self-absorbed and, and, and followers of trendy mystics and gurus and paganism and godless orgiastic chaos. <laughs> I love words. And that describes them. It's all fluff with no depth or substance. They are, are ruled by feelings over rationality or logic. Hormones over, you know, being a legitimate person. Uh, indulgence over temperance. Temperance is moderation, you know. They're just indulge in a hedonistic head first. Woo, let's do some drugs, have some sex, and try to maintain that for hours and hours, and then we'll recover, and then we'll do it again. Do it again. Self over others. Fake over real. Simulation over substance. Yeah, simulation. They'd rather put on uh, those, those um, virtual reality things, you know, and have a virtual reality that's simulated, simulated rather than living in the real world and have something of substance. They'd rather have a video game than a real conversation. They'd rather send a text than have to talk to somebody. Right now, uh, they want right now over the wise later. These behaviors are, are those of the narcissistic psychopaths, uh, solipsistic self. Solipsistic self. It is the new disability. It's a terminal disease. And I'm going to call it a disability, like a mental impairment, like a disease of the soul, of the mind, of the spirit. It's a disability, just like... Um, any other kind of disability. That's what disability is. Action that is not connected to emotion and empathy is without meaning. And without meaning, we are animals. We are not evolved enough to survive without compassion and, cog and cognition. We need those two things, compassion and cognition. Humans are an endangered species right now, and we don't even know it. We don't even realize it. Feeling and emotion are the cornerstones of humanity, and they must be tempered, though, tempered by logic and ethics. How will it all end if we don't know this? You implode. You disintegrate. You disappear. That's, that's how it ends. You give your body away with sex. 
You give your mind away with these substances to numb you. It is complete annihilation. You have nothing left. You've given it all away. It's a certain death. It's an extinction event. Think about all these films about robots and cyborgs and automatons and machines taken over. You know, iRobot comes to mind. A contagion, an epidemic of soulless, inhuman entities taking over the world. I watched Walking Dead until the whole thing with Glenn happened. And after the whole Glenn thing, I never watched it again. Not one minute of it after that, because I reached my tolerance point. And I said, enough of the Walking Dead. Enough of these, you know, flesh-eating zombies. And yeah, that what, what happened to Glenn? No, <laughs> very bad. So I think we're already at this place where uh, these these robot people, these walking dead, these white walkers, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, yeah, they're taking over. They're, they are zombies. They're vampires. And they're growing in numbers. And they're not really alive. Not really. Uh, they're going to, and, you know, it seems like we're choosing people to lead us who are these heartless savages riding uh, one of the dark horses of the apocalypse, right? The virus is going to change the world as we know it. Let's accept that. The narcissistic psychopath epidemic will destroy the world as we know it. Can we internalize that for a moment? The virus will change the world as we know it. The narcissistic psychopath and and the masses of them that are that are running things, they will destroy the world as we know it. The virus will change it. The narcissist will destroy it. If we survive as a species, history will remember this period in time as one of the most epic human failures, like, like one who has wandered into the woods, taken the wrong path, and gets lost in a very dark and foreboding place. Can a demon lead us from the hellscape that happened when we were not paying attention, when we were drugged up, sexed up, without our cognition, without our compassion, without our ethics, without our moral compass? Can a demon lead us from that hellscape? I don't think so. While we were too busy on social media, playing video games, working three jobs just to pay the rent. You can't be blamed for doing that. And that's the new normal. You can't live on one starvation wage. Maybe the devil is the only one who knows the way out. And that's a metaphor. Obviously, the narcissistic psychopath is not a devil. Trauma happened to them and shaped them into these these animals that they are they're victims too they are um for for the sake of my point i'm going to call them the demons because they are soulless and empty and dead inside and so maybe the devil is the only one who knows the way out maybe they're the only ones that have the road map They are the only ones that have the rescue. Maybe those CEOs and politicians and leaders, maybe these soulless, empty, hollow people 
uh, could they be the answer? For the sake of all of us and future generations, let's hope that's not our only choice. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 